Hello, member. Patty and I thank you for your contribution in improving this podcast. Um, right now we have uh, week two story number three for you. Patty, take it away. So the third story is actually also going to be about the same lady, Nancy, the same facility that we talked about in the first story. And um, again, she moved up there well before everybody else gets there and before the kids start coming into the building and moved into that log cabin. And it was right behind the main house. Well, um, she was a recovering um, drug addict and alcoholic. So one of the things that was part of her recovery was that she had to go to meetings. And she had made arrangements to go to Altoona to the, to the meetings there. And a gentleman who was a uh, priest had agreed to come and pick her up and take her to the meetings. And they struck up a friendship. So after a meeting one night, um, they, he took her home and was just sitting there talking to her when she noticed lights on in the main house, uh, up in the attic area. And there should not have been any lights in that house at all. Nobody was there. And because she was the only person there, she felt that it was her job and her responsibility to go check this out. But the priest told her, he said, no, he said, it could be vagrants or kids have broken or something. Somebody could get hurt. So I'm going to have you stand down here and keep an eye on things. And if I yell, call the police. But I'm going to walk through the building and see what's what. So he took a flashlight, he started through the building, and she could follow his progress pretty well from the flashlight. You could kind of see it going from room to room. He went through the first floor, the second floor, nothing. And then it disappeared for a few seconds, and then it came to the third floor, um, and she could see it. And all of a sudden, the windows, they were dormer windows that swing open rather than pull up. The dormer window on the one window right next next to where she was standing opens up, and she hears a little girl's voice, and it begins to sing, London Bridge is falling down. And then the light starts back down the stairs very quickly, and he comes running out, and he runs up to where she's at, and he whispers, do you hear that too? And she nods. And the song goes on for a few more seconds, and then it stops. Well, they were quite puzzled by all of this, you can imagine. And she tells the owner about it. And it happens on two or three more occasions over the next few months that she sees the light and she hears the little girl singing London Bridge is falling down. And it would be about two years later that she would find out what happened. At that point, um, a gentleman who was a descendant of the family that built the house came to the property. The house, the building's up and running now. Everything's moving and they're a prosperous business. And he asks if he can tour the main house because it would have been his grandfather's home. And they do. They allow him to come through the building and take pictures and what have you. And Nancy happened to be there that day and she said, I just have to ask you a question. You know, are there any stories or folklore or anything about in your family about this house? And he said, well, there's one story that I know. My mom used to tell it to me. And um, this is the story he told them. He said that um, when his grandfather was uh, living there, that there, his, the, his grandfather and grandmother's um, one son died in a car accident along with the, his wife, and they left behind a little girl. 
So the grandparents took her in, and they were going to raise her. The grandma was thrilled to have her there, and the servants that worked for them, the housekeeper and the maid, were thrilled to have her there, but the grandfather wasn't. He didn't like the noise, the confusion, none of that. So they all tried to keep her quiet, but you can't keep a seven or eight-year-old little girl quiet. There's no way. He would get very exasperated because she would break the rules and run and, you know, touch things and what have you. And she had a room on the second floor that was her bedroom. But for when he was going to punish her and she was being noisy, he would make her go to a bedroom he put together on the third floor in the attic. And as it was a punishment, she wasn't allowed to have any toys. And the grandmother felt really bad about this. The little girl was afraid. It was She was isolated from the rest of the family. So they actually sewed a pocket in the dust ruffle around the bed and tucked a couple toys in there. The grandma and the, and the maid and what have you um, stuck stuff up to her. And she would open the window and sing London Bridges and play with this little doll, you know, and try to kind of keep amusing herself because she would be up there for hours on end. Well, um, Grandma realized this wasn't healthy for the child. So she wrote to some family and friends and asked if one of the other family members might be able to take her. Somebody did agree, and they did take her. And a few months later, word came back to Grandma that the little girl had died of an illness after she had moved in with the other family. She was absolutely devastated. And she... Um, wanted to keep everything pretty much the way it was when the little girl was there. But the husband wanted everything torn apart. She's not coming back. It's done. So he ordered the servant to go upstairs and tear all the stuff out of the bedroom, take the bed down, all that. And while the young lady was up there, the window opened and the little dolly that had been hidden in the dust ruffle came out and floated over to the window. And they could hear the little girl singing London Bridges falling down. And from that time on, the grandfather would hear that, and so would the rest of the people in the house. After he died, people said they would see two lights going upstairs, like two candles or something. One would stay upstairs on the third floor, and one would turn and come back down the steps. You would see the light going down, and um, then you would hear the little girl singing. Hmm. And that certainly did explain what the, the priest and Nancy experienced there. At the house. You want to talk about something horrific? Sure, what? Children's nursery rhymes. They're, oh my gosh, yes. Their they're all messed up. Awful. They're all messed up. <laughs> uh, I, I never explained it to uh, Alana, but apparently, like, two weeks ago, she asked her grandfather, she's like, did the baby die? Because it's it's uh, Rockabye oh. Baby. Yeah, <laughs> on the treetop, <laughs> and the and the the bow breaks and the cradle falls, and obviously baby comes down too. If a baby falls out of a tree, yeah, one would think it would die. So I don't know what it was doing in the tree to begin with either. But um, I have no idea. But you're right. I mean, if you look at the origins of most of the nursery rhymes, they're they're very graphic, very gory. A lot of them have to do with historical events, um, murders, and things like that. Yeah, I mean. The, the worst one is Ring Around the Rosie mm-hmm. about the Black Death. Yes. That's so messed up. And I'm like, why are we teaching this to our kids? But yeah, we don't we don't think about, you no, know, 
you don't think about it. That and London Bridge has a has a different origin as well. You know about the bridge collapsing and people dying and what have you. Yeah, Humpty Dumpty gets killed when he falls off. You know, so um, there's just yeah, they have. Um, it's like Red Riding Hood. If you read what the real meaning of Red Riding Hood is, it's it's horrific and yeah. very um, adult. You know who was an expert at flipping that? Who? Walt Disney. That's true. Come like he to think took of it. Peter Pan, who in the books murdered all the boys so they wouldn't grow up, mm-hmm. as opposed to they just went home, <laughs> pretty much, or whatever happened in Peter Pan. It's been a while sure. since I saw it, but like, you know, that's rated G. Right. And the Grimm's fairy tales. If you read the Grimm's, Grimm Brothers fairy tales, I mean, those were even cleaned up versions of this, but you can trace it back and see where they got them. Yeah. I know that has nothing to do with the story. Well, sort of does. London Bridges, but... London Bridges falling down. It's what got you there. Right. um, (laughs) But you're right. It is. Um, Do you find... uh, Question number two, not dealing with the nursery rhymes. uh, People who have had addiction problems, do you find that they end up becoming more sensitive or something? Like they're more haunted. They're more... It seems like a lot of people, once they recover, they have experiences. I will say that I think they're a little more haunted. Now, this particular person, mm-hmm. um, Nancy, she was sensitive and always had been. Mm. And I think that was stimulated because of her childhood, um, things that happened in her childhood. And she was just a very sensitive person um, and always had been. People thought she was kind of, I don't know, flighty and what have you. But I had several experiences with her over the years that kind of led me to believe she was just she had a sensitive nature. Hmm. I wonder but if those it, those people are more. I don't. I don't know what the word would be, but if if they're more likely to turn to drugs or alcohol to make it turn off, or something. I don't know if that's the case. I do know that I do know some people who will actually drink a couple of drinks that are psychic, and they'll say it's the only way to make it stop. Mm-hmm. But they're not alcoholics, but they will on occasion. They just want it to go away for a few hours. Sure, but some people go overboard. Exactly. Obviously. Yeah. But I think that um, you're more likely. I see a lot of people who have had addictions who struggle with things being attached to them and stuff like that. Hmm. Okay. Well, that would make sense too. Yeah, it seems like every ghost show you watch where they have like a reenactment, it's like someone just got out of rehab and they're in a room and someone's taking care of them and then they start getting haunted. And it just seems like that's a reoccurring theme. So I always wondered about that. Anyway. With Nancy, she was, um, she had always had um, that ability. And in in that instance, though, the the priest heard it too. Hmm. You know, it wasn't like it was just Nancy catching this sound he came running down the stairs and he outside and he's like tell me you hear that too mm-hmm. yeah that's interesting which book is that from that is from the original um haunted pennsylvania which will be re-released this coming spring do you want to show the people what it looks like well it will have a different cover when it's re-released it'll say oh, the okay. original haunted pennsylvania but it's what it looks like currently okay and um, you can get, I think, used copies on Amazon right now. But the updated version will be coming out in the spring. Great. All right. So pick up yourself a copy. And Patty and I, thank you so much for everything that you're doing for our podcast. Listener. Yes, we do. We appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.